Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all of you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our Lord and Savior, our excuse me, our Sovereign Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, at our side because he is the host with the most. He is in charge. He is... Well, he is the most high, and he is in the captain's chair at the helm behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship of ours through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line. Today is Thursday, July 6th. 2023 and you are listening to episode 572 achieving victories and we'll be doing a reading out of psalm 43 i do apologize for the early start today um i know i said in june that july would kind of settle down i guess i was full of big stories on that one because um i totally forgot that we also have my daughter's horseback riding lessons that we started uh today as a matter of fact so we got that going on as well uh, on top of everything else that we have, everything assembly, everything family, yard work, house chores, you know how it goes in the summer. It's just a never-ending cycle of busyness. But I promise you, I know once we get past September, actually, I think when we get into September, um, it should start calming down. But, you know, I think August is going to still be pretty busy going into September. But once we hit in the you know early fall, it should start, you know, calming down. So I do apologize for that, not being consistent with a daily show, but like I said, trying to get in more activity and more fun times with the family. And so we're going to be going to the family cottage and uh, after, you know, after I'm done with the show. So we, we just we're trying to get a lot of stuff in this summer. So hold on one second. OK, so for our daily disclaimer, I want to make sure that I clarify that I am not a doctor. I'm not a holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a lawyer, a bar lawyer at that. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have a political degree or 
have had any involvement with the uh, government agencies like the CIA and FBI. While I'm a member of the Michigan General General Assembly and advocate for participation in the local General General Assemblies, I am not the official representative of any national, state, or county assembly. And I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with any other groups to try, that try, who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, or any other organizations outside of the Michigan model. I have never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. Please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed here on this show are solely my own, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go. So, um, again, uh, the reason we were starting earlier today is typically we start early on Thursdays anyways, but it's usually 630 because we have our Michigan State call that happens at 730. <clears throat> but because we have a lot going on this evening and we're going to be going to the cottage and um, on top of that, we had my daughter's horseback riding lessons. It's been kind of a busy day since I clocked out of work. So I just got in the house about 15 minutes ago, grabbed a quick little snack little glass of wine, and I beelined it down into the studio. So here we are. <clears throat> so yesterday, the reason I wasn't on the show is because I went to go attend the uh, men's ministry that my buddy Aaron has. It's called Lying in the Sand. For uh, It's a ministry for men who um, struggle with pornography. And it's not just pornography. We have a man in there that uh, just came starting yesterday, um, and he's struggling with drugs, and he lost his family because of it. You know, addiction is addiction. At the end of the day, they all do the same thing, and it can destroy a good family. It could destroy a happy home. It can destroy someone's soul, right? And so I was there yesterday, and I was providing my testimony and sharing my victory that my you know friend Aaron wanted me to share with the group of men there because he feels like his story is growing numb on them, and he wanted kind of to put a boot in, uh, or not a boot in their butt, but maybe set a fire under their rear ends about, Hey, stay with this. There is light at the end of this. Okay. You can't achieve the victory and you need to realize that it doesn't happen overnight. I need you to listen to Jason's story. So I went over there and shared the story and, and my testimonial and it went really great. It was a nice two hour long meeting and it was, it was a really good meeting. I'm really happy I went for them. So to that, which the reason I bring that up is because today's topic is going to be talking about that hard topic. Um, about pornography and in dealing with stuff like that, okay, which is why the episode's called Achieving Victories, because we all have our thing. Maybe you might not be a porn addict. Maybe you might be an alcoholic, or maybe you might be, you know, addicted to smoking weed or um, just insert the vice there, right? Maybe you, I don't know, okay? I just know that my previous one was pornography. Now mine, unfortunately, and I'm still battling with it is junk food. I love snicker bars. I love Kit Kats. And obviously judging by the back pain that I had for two and a half weeks, clearly I love eating a lot of crumble cookies. And you might be thinking, well, Jason, how is that a sin or how is that, you know, a vice? Well, it is a vice because it can destroy your health. It can destroy a lot about you. If you're eating, you know, putting the wrong stuff in your body temple that God gave us to take care of. So my the reason I wanted to talk about this is because this is really a big ongoing problem, not just for men, but women too. So let's get into this for a second. I, and I know this is going to be an uncomfortable topic, but this needs to be discussed because this is one of the biggest things aside from money that actually break up a family. So 
you know, we have to ask that question. What exactly is a porn addiction? So if you break it down, the porn addiction refers to a reliance on pornography that leads to intense cravings and urges to watch it. Right. And so it can actually involve a uh, some sort of like a dependency right on self-pleasure for a lack of better term. And additionally, in general, I should say it's categorized by extreme compulsions and a dependence on a particular substance or behavior. Now, the obsession with the addictive focus becomes so strong that it 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 negatively impacts a person's life. And it often can actually lead to severe consequences, right? And one of those big consequences is losing your family, losing your wife or your husband in some cases, right? Because the addiction is now recognized by some as, you know, classified as kind of an illness. But remember, even if it is classified as an illness, Christ can heal all things. You put your faith and in, in, in trust in him, right? And so with the evidence, it actually does suggest that some individuals are predisposed to addict, you know, to addiction than others. Now, in the case of porn addiction, though, individuals might experience, um, they might experience varying degree, degrees of uh, urges to view it, right? Ranging from mild to constant to overwhelmingly every hour on the hour, right? It can, it can result in, you know, significant time being devoted to consuming porn, right? Just like how teenagers spend all their time on social media, right? There's people out there that will scroll through the nudie sites like teenagers scroll through social media, which can be sometimes hours on end. And there may be a gradual increase in the amount of explicitness of the material, right? Sought after and like drugs, Porn can actually reprogram the brain, altering sexual interest and leading to a reliance on graphical material for sexual satisfaction. And this is where it can actually start to really hurt a marriage. It almost did mine, or it did for a while. Now, while there is an ongoing debate in the scientific community, if you will, right, about whether porn addiction is a true addiction or if it's an extreme compulsion, It's crucial to acknowledge the powerful impact that it can have on an individual life, right? Because there are countless stories out there and I've heard them at this men's group that I, that I go and attend for my buddy who, who started this three years ago, but there are countless stories that highlight the genuine consequences that are experienced by those with a prolonged dependence on porn. And regardless of its classification, the detrimental effects of porn addiction are evident and it should be taken seriously and addressed with a proactive approach. It's so, so important. Now, before we get further into that discussion, let's get into the Bible reading first. So we're gonna be reading Psalm 43 uh, from the New King James Version, starting with verse one. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. It's a very, very short chapter, 
because it's only five verses in that Psalm 43. Now, in this Psalm is a it's a it's a very prayerful, obviously, a prayerful expression of the psalmist who wrote this, who is longing for vindication and deliverance and restoration. Kind of like the men in this line in the sand ministry. They're just looking for deliverance. They're looking for restoration. They just want so badly to drop this dirty deed, this bad habit, this compulsive, you know, this compulsive action, which is clearly affecting their lives and their marriage and their families. <clears throat> so in Psalm 43, here's a breakdown of some of the key themes within each verse. So as we look at verse one, the psalmist calls on God to defend and advocate for them against a wicked and ungodly nation. They're seeking deliverance from, you know, deceitful and unjust people who are causing oppression. I don't know. The de facto government comes to mind when I think of, you know, oppression right? And deceitful and an ungodly nation. The de facto government is everything I think about when I, when I read verse one, when we look at verse two, the psalmist is acknowledging God as their source of strength. Now, this is the important part. And this is what I was telling a gentleman, which I'm going to keep his name silent because, you know, I never want to put anybody's intimate business out there. But I was telling him the one who was dealing with drugs uh, that, that he's trying to get his family because he lost his family because of it. Methamphetamines. He just wants his family back because, you know, he once thought his family was boring. But now he wants his boring family back. He thought what was boring was actually a great blessing. But because he took so many drugs, it distorted that view. And I told him, I said, I know you want your family restored. I said, but you got to understand one thing. You need to center God. You need to chase after God first. You need to seek a relationship with him first. You need to get to know him and you need to get to have him know you and vice versa. Because if you want your family back, you're only going to get it back through God. You're not going to get it back on your own. So I said, you need to understand those terms first and foremost. If you think you're going to do it on your own, you're going to fail miserably. I said, you need to have God first. So, and again, back to this verse two, acknowledge God as your source of strength and question. And, and so in this verse, there's some questioning in why they feel abandoned. That's the psalmist, right? They're questioning why they feel abandoned and mournful in the face of enemy oppression. They are seeking understanding and relief. Now, as we dig into verse three, the psalmist was pleading for God's intervention, asking for that divine guidance, right? Represented by light and truth. And they desire to be led to God's holy hill and tabernacle, symbolic of his presence and sanctuary. Now, verse four is the anticipation of God's intervention, right? Because we always want God to answer our prayers and we, we anticipate those prayers being answered in the time frame that we have built up in our mind. But we need to remember that it's not on our own time frame. It's on God's timing. It's on God's perfect plan. He is the designer of all things. And so verse four talks about the anticipation in waiting for that intervention right? And waiting for that restoration that we're so badly seeking. The psalmist in this verse 
expresses their intention to worship and praise God joyfully at his altar with the accompaniment of the harp. And they recognize God as their source of exceeding joy. Now, verse 5, the last verse, talks about um, where the psalmist is addressing their own troubled soul. Encouraging it to find hope in God despite the distressing circumstances. They express confidence in future praise, acknowledging God as the one who brings help and lifts their continents. Now, overall, the psalmist is seeking God's vindication, deliverance, and oppressor, you know, from, from the oppressors, seeking guidance and looking for that ultimate restoration. And they find hope in God's presence by expressing a longing to worship and praise him even in the midst of adversity. Even when you think you're being kicked on the ground while be on the ground, you still need to praise him. My buddy Aaron, who does the uh, line in the sand ministry, he just lost his mother about two months ago to um, a very infectious disease. I can't remember what it was called, but it, it really put her in a lot of pain. And while she was in the infectious disease uh, floor of the hospital, a specific nurse that would continuously um, work with her and check in on her, um, I guess you could say maybe was assigned to her. Um, he was a guy uh, that was struggling to find faith and was struggling in his life. And Aaron was telling me that his mom, his whole life that she's known her, she's been a, such a big lover of the Lord, just absolutely lover, believer, and, 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 and I guess disciple for the Lord, really. She just loved Jesus so much. And she was everywhere she would go, she would always talk about Jesus to other people. Everywhere she'd go. He said that when they were kids, that when his mom would drop them off at the school, as she put the car in park before they would get out to, you know, get out of the car, every morning without fail, she'd say, Thank you, Jesus. And Aaron's like, Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for getting us here safe with my mom's crazy driving. Whoo. But I bring this up to say this, okay, because again, back to how we always need to find hope in God's presence, right, and, 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 and worship and praise him even in the midst of adversity. He was saying even right up to, my, to his mother's death in that hospital, she was preaching Jesus and sharing the word of God and sharing about Jesus to this, this nurse, well, one day he came in, he wasn't working. He was on a street, it was, he was in a street clothes, but again, wasn't working. He came in, walked into her room and now granted, keep in mind, her disease was very painful. She could have easily just griped and groaned and just been in agony and decided to let it affect her attitude, but she did not And he said, when this nurse came in on his day off in his street clothes, she looked at him, she goes, you came here to accept Jesus, didn't you? He says, yeah, actually I did. And he knelt down by her bed. He held her hand and he accepted Christ. Now that is a woman who did the right work all the way up to her dying, her last breath, I should say. Praised him, worshiped him and continued to bring others into Christ. Now that's beautiful. And that's what we need to do, no matter what we're going through, thick and thin. 
I love that story when he tells me that. I just freaking just chokes me up when he ter- told me that the first time. I was like, wow, your mom sounded like an amazing woman. And she was. Now, back to the discussion of this achieving victories, right, and dealing with different addictions, specifically the pornography addiction, because it's a, it's a very rampant thing that a lot of people in America are dealing with. We are a very perverse nation, but that doesn't mean we have to stay that way. See, this is one of the biggest reasons why, again, why we need to advocate for reassembling our states. Well, Jason, how is reassembling? Now you're getting crazy and getting way out there in left field. How is reassembling our states going to help people with the porn addiction? Well, it's very simple. Because when we start centering God at the heart of everything we do, starting within the assembly and within a de jure Republican form of government, it trickles out to the community and then it, it makes people start living a little bit more morally and ethically. Okay, maybe it's not going to touch 100% of the people in this country, but I tell you what, it definitely will start trending the other direction. Because we got to remember the battle against addiction to internet pornography involves two main aspects here. There's the spiritual and then there's the practical aspect. Now, from the spiritual perspective, addiction to porn is considered a sin that God desires individuals to overcome, right? And he provides the means to do so. Just got to seek it out. But the first step is to genuinely place trust in Jesus Christ as that savior. Now, that's a hard one for a lot of people to do. And salvation through Christ is essential. I repeat. Salvation through Christ is essential for true, lasting victory over pornography. See, believers who struggle with this addiction can find hope and and help through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the cleansing forgiveness of God and the renewing capacity of his word by committing one's mind and eyes to the Lord, seeking his strength, protection, and filling the mind with thoughts pleasing to him. Individuals can overcome this struggle with God's assistance. But again, if you think you're going to do this on your own, you're painfully mistaken. You're not. You're simply not. I want to read a verse here. 1 John 2, 16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from father, but is from the world. It's from the world. And if we desire to please father, we're not doing it by looking at that smut. Now on a practical level, Okay, so that was the spiritual level. Now, on a practical level, there are various tools and resources that are available for for people that aren't as spiritual or religious, right, to combat Internet porn addictions. There's websites like um, there's x3pure.com. I think there's a subscription there. I was looking at it. Then there's pornaddiction.com, and they offer really, really good, helpful programs and support. Now, you can also probably find groups like the one that my buddy started. You just have to really seek it out on social media or your local churches, but, you know, seek out groups and there's no charge for that. And usually the fellowship there, I think, is a lot better than any website support, honestly, because you, when you have a fellowship and you have believers and lovers and followers of Christ, it tends to be, I think, in my personal humbling opinion, a lot more powerful. I mean, I don't want to take away from these websites that offer support and programs to kind of help people battle this, but, you know, let's be real. All things are possible through Christ. 
All right. Not man-made institutions like different programs on the Internet. I'm sorry. Maybe there's some victories there. Sure. But by and large, it's going to come through God and God alone. Now, the Internet, there's Internet filtering programs like. Um, um, oh, what the heck is it called? It's called Covenant Eyes. And it can completely block access to pornography while accountability software like X3 Watch tracks Internet browsing and reports a objectionable websites to a chosen accountability partner. Now that is good. Now, additionally, there are several books on overcoming porn addictions. Like um, I think this was one that my uh, buddy Aaron and his group read. It's called every man's battle, winning the war on sexual purity. Um, one victory at a time. And that one's by Steven Arterberg. And then there's the gameplay by Joe Dallas, and that can provide valuable insights and guidance. Now, here's another uh, scripture that I wanted to read here. This is from 2 Peter 2.19. They promised them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption for whatever overcomes a person to that he is enslaved. Now, think about that for a second. They promised them freedom. Okay, what's that sound like? Satan and his little legion of demons. They promise you all the things in the world, right? They promise you freedom. They promise you this. They promise you that. They promise you riches, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. They're just trying to sell the, they're trying to make the sales pitch to you in such a way that it, it seems enticing to you and not so bad. Again, for whatever overcomes a person to that, he is enslaved. See, it's crucial to remember that an addiction to internet porn is neither an unforgivable nor an unconquerable sin. It's very important that you know that. Because, again, God can and will, he can and will forgive and enable individuals to overcome this struggle. But you have to commit your mind and your eyes to the Lord. You need to fill your mind with God's word. You need to exercise your faith. If you don't exercise your faith like you exercise a muscle, it's going to grow weak. And what's that old saying? If you don't use it, you lose it. You constantly have to seek his help through prayer. You have to constantly implement practical steps to stay accountable and block access to internet porn. There's some people in that group that go so far as to not even owning a cell phone. But by doing these things, a man or a woman that's going through this crap can experience true freedom. But again, trusting in God's power, right, and, and his ability, you can find hope, knowing that he is able to do more than you can ask or imagine. Here's something else I want you to remember. This is Romans 6, 19. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. See, understanding that lust is a sin and that pornography fuels that sin and it incites lust even further, it's vital for you to understand that. 
Again, I know this is a tough topic. A lot of people don't like discussing this. This is that taboo topic that everybody wants to shirk from, right? Because they're like, ooh, ooh that's an ugly conversation. Well, why is it ugly? Are you struggling with it? Because I'll tell you what, there is no way in hell five, six years ago I would have talked about this. Why? Because I was engaged with it. I don't want, mm -mm, mm -mm, don't, don't shine a light on me. Nope, 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 nope. You, you would never catch me talking about it. But here's the thing. These uncomfortable conversations have to take place because if you're going to get yourself away from this, it's very important that you talk about it. These are the hard conversations. That's why I like and appreciate groups that my buddy Aaron has lying in the sand. Why is it called lying in the sand? Because this is where we stop it. Satan can't cross this threshold. We're following God, we're following Christ, and we're going the righteous path. We're not going to get our foot trapped in his snares anymore. I'm done. Yeah, like Nancy S. was saying, you got to face it head on. That's exactly it. With a topic like this and, and, and something that's as heavy as this, you're not going to, you know, uh, you know, patty foot around the bushes on this one, if you will. You're, you're just not going to skip around this. You have to just tackle it straight on. See, guarding our hearts against lust is our responsibility. And failing to do so can actually lead to some pretty serious um, destructive consequences. And yeah, like my wife was saying, you can't hide from it forever. No, you can't. It always ends up catching you. And if you think attempting to justify or rationalize lustful desires or narrow the definition of what lust is in a deceptive path, path you know, you're, you're fooling yourself. Stop lying to yourself because the severity of lust is very evident in Jesus's teaching that it is as sinful as committing adultery. What? Yeah. Lust is just as sinful as committing adultery. It's cheating. God has designed sexual intimacy for marriage and marriage only. Now, I'm not going to sit here and preach like a choir boy and say, oh, yeah, I stayed abstinent all the way up until marriage. No, I didn't. You know that, guys. I mean, someone like me who was a DJ, look, I'm not I'm not proud of what my past was, but I'm also not going to sit here and hide from it. I'm going to be real with you. It was a very bad life that I led. And so if you think looking at nakedness of others or engaging in lustful thoughts outside of marriage, you know, is fine. Think again. It goes against his design. Here's another scripture I want to read to you. Matthew 5, 28. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Did you hear that? I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent, that means eyeing up the goods and you're doing dirty things movies in your own mind you don't need a computer or a handheld device you just use your stupid imagination for for the bad okay you've already committed adultery with her in your heart you've cheated and yes my wife is right it does go both ways it's not just a man only thing because again the rise of pornography uh viewership among women is actually going sky high it's quite alarming to say the least we have such a perverse nation. I don't know what's going on, but I, I'm 
God, we need you. Because after, you know, obviously that movie, The Sound of Freedom came out and I was listening to some interviews with Jim Caviezel and uh, some of the stuff that's going on. You know, America, I just discovered that America, and it doesn't surprise me because of who runs it at the moment. And as far as the de facto pedophiles there in Swampland, D.C., but America is the number one consumer for child uh, what is it? Uh, they're, they're the, it's the number one engaging country in, in child sexual trafficking crap. I don't even know what to put words to it. It's disgusting. America, that's bullshit. This country will face a judgment if we do not fix this. And, and my wife was just putting in here child pornography. No, it's the number one country for actually engaging in actual sexual acts with children. Not just child pornography, but actually engaging in it. The U.S., followed by Mexico, being a big provider of it to the U.S. These scumbags will not walk down the street. These pedophiles will be known. But again, this ain't about child trafficking right now. or That's a different topic for a different day. But, but you know, the point is... is Living purely in an impure world is very challenging. There's no doubt about it. It's so freaking challenging, which is why it says in the Bible, be of the world, but don't be in the world. Because everyone struggles with either this issue or another issue of some extent. Because the battle against pornography addiction requires the armor of God and the following and the following of the examples of individuals like Joseph, who fled from temptation, and Job, who made a covenant with his eyes not to look lustfully, clothing ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and intentionally avoiding ways to gratify the desires of the flesh. There's so significantly important steps in pursuing purity. So kind of, closing this out. Like I said, it's going to be kind of a shorter podcast because I still have to pack my bags. I still got to eat. we got a lot to do. <laughs> but bottom line is overcoming addiction to internet pornography involves acknowledging the spiritual aspect of it. You have to acknowledge the spiritual aspect of it. It's not just some physical sin that happens. No, there, it goes way deeper in realms you can't see with your own eyes. You got to seek God's help. That's why this is something you have to always get God on your side on, because this goes much further in a realm unseen. And relying on his power and forgiveness is crucial. Additionally to all of this, implementing practical tools and resources that I listed earlier, like Covenant Eyes, which is a program for a computer, right, that you choose an accountability partner for, uh, to, to, you know, if, if there's objectionable websites that pop up and it sends them a message that will hold you accountable, you know, but it, with aside from seeking God's help, you got those tools at your, at your site as well, along with personal commitment and accountability, and that can aid in the battle against this addiction. See, understanding the gravity of lust And the importance of guarding our hearts 
We strive to live in purity, relying on the strength and guidance of God in an impure world. Kind of pivoting back a little bit, I was reading uh, a couple comments on here. Oscar in Missouri, good friend of mine, um, did a good job, by the way, on those three presentations that him and uh, Lisa and Georgia were predominantly were the main two uh, doing this. I had very little in, you know, involved with this, but um, he did a good job with that. But he just put a comment on here. He says regarding that movie, The Sound of Freedom, he says, I was disheartened that the movie didn't speak to the issue in the U.S., potentially giving a false sense that it doesn't happen here in the USA. That's interesting. That is kind of disheartening. Um, April K was also saying the same thing. I feel exactly the same thing about the movie, Oscar. And he also says in the last comment, maybe there will be another movie with that as the subject matter. I hope so. But here's the thing. They, they should have definitely, they should have definitely harped on the fact that it's is not just a Columbia thing. This is not just a European thing that America is one of the biggest, biggest offenders in this child trafficking ring. How much do you want to bet that America would wake up instantly if America was inserted into this and some actual facts were shown? Like, I don't know, some congressman. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what to expect. Me and my wife kind of hope to maybe see it tomorrow, possibly. But like the show in that movie, congressman and sitting presidents in the de facto buying little children up for their little sexual perversions. I bet you that would wake up America because if you think that if you're listening to this show and you think you still got your head in the sand, like an ostrich and you think that this shit doesn't go down here in this country with our quote unquote elected officials, AKA selected, you got another thing coming for you. You better freaking keep your head in the sand because there's no, there's no bringing you back to reality. That is kind of disheartening that the movie doesn't touch on that. But again, this is an impure world. An impure world that's full of wicked and evil. But you know what? I'm not going to leave this show on that note. The reason why you and I exist is to occupy this land we call America, to occupy this world to live as close as possible in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. Which, you know what, by the way, I want to play an audio piece real quick. Where is my phone? Hold on. I want to play this before, before, before we close out this show. Two audio pieces. This is very, very important. So there's a movie that I really absolutely enjoy. I, I, it's a really good movie. It's called Pardoned by Grace. If you have a Pure Flix, uh subscription, you can find it on there. It's called Pardoned by Grace. So it's about an inmate who is just completely drug addicted, alcohol addicted. Okay, now I know this is something separate aside from the pornography uh, topic, but it all ties in. Okay, it all ties in. The, so this first scene I'm going to play is the inmate who he was in prison. He got his associate's degree in business. He worked his way up and got out. And then six months later, got himself in a bad way, fell back in prison. So now he's having this conversation with the warden. And then I'm going to play one more other piece, which is when he is out, this inmate. Okay, so listen to this, because 
this is this just just listen. This, there's some very important messages behind this. Make sure my audio is up. Wait. Of course. Hold on. I got to plug it in here. Sorry, guys. You know, when I think my Bluetooth is on, it's not. I tell you. Okay, let me turn this down. We'll turn this up. Okay, and play. So I got a new one for you. 16-year-old kid looks at his dad and says, Dad, can I borrow the car? Dad looks at his son and says, No, son, not till you cut your hair. <laughs> son looks at his dad and says, Dad, you realize that Jesus had long hair? <laughs> the dad looks at his son and says, You're right, son. And he also walked everywhere he went. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one sir yeah right you know you're the only one that laughs at my jokes but thank you what's this open it up what happened to that kid Scott he was doing so well He just lost his mind. When he had to go back to prison to find it again? Really? You get out of here real soon. What's going to change after you leave these bars behind you? Are you just going to throw away everything you've accomplished here? What, just leave it at the front gate? No, sir. I'm going to do better. Yeah, that's what you said last time. But I mean it this time. I, I mean it this time. Yeah, well, I hope that's true. I, I really do. Speaking as your warden, I really hope you stick to the straight and narrow. Is it okay if I talk to you as a brother in Christ? Of course. You know, when you left here, you turned your back on the only one who would never turn his back on you. Created this void in your life. Tried to fill it with drugs, alcohol, Lord knows what else. I've seen you working out around the gym, right? What happens when you exercise a muscle? Get stronger. Exactly. And don't you ever forget that. So you exercise your faith? Guess what? It gets stronger. Say so you choose to exercise sin. It gets bigger and bigger until it consumes you. You hear that? If you exercise a sin, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it consumes you. That was a very powerful message. And this is one lesson here. Now, the other audio is a little shorter. Now, this kid is working i say kid he's like 30 in this movie now but he's at a church and he gets a job at this church i'm not going to give it away but just listen to this part he's having a one-on-one conversation with the pastor now this is very important lesson here um i just i just been needing to talk to you about something Sounds serious. What's up? Step into my office. So what you got? 
Well, I haven't always been, um... I used to be a troublemaker. Addict, alcoholic, felon. I know. So what? You're not worried? <laughs> About what? That you go drink all the communion wine here at the church? We use grape juice, Scott. Let me ask you a question. An important one. Do you believe Christ died on the cross for your sins? Of course. And do you believe the blood of Christ is sufficient to wash your sins away? Uh, I'm just worried about what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people think. What matters is what God thinks. If he says you're redeemed, you're redeemed. But I've done so much. It doesn't matter, period. Let me ask you something. When you were in lockup, uh, did you meet other prisoners who had come to know Christ? Call them the crucifix crew. And I guess and there are a bunch of choir boys who are only in there for a few parking tickets, right? When you're inside, you don't really talk about what you're locked up for, but judging by their sentences, they did some pretty bad things. A few of them were lifers. Yeah. Worse the crime, harder the punishment, right? Something like that. So can you imagine any harder punishment than being nailed to a cross until you die? No. Exactly. What sin could not be covered by that? I clean up. I thought that was a very powerful conversation that that pastor was having with him because, again, he was saying that if God says you're redeemed, then you're redeemed. There's a reason why Christ died on that cross for us. Okay, it doesn't matter what you're, you know, it doesn't matter the sin. But what matters is, first off, what God thinks. Forget about what man thinks. Okay, because you got to do this for God. You got to do this for yourself. Do this for your soul. But you have to center God at the heart of everything in your life if you plan on cleaning up this, that, and the other, whatever that is. Uh, so anyways, in case you're wondering what that movie was called, again, it was called Pardoned, like, um, like you know, a President Pardon, Pardoned by Grace. It's a good, great movie. So, um, so with that, we're going to end in prayer. So Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you so very much for another day of life and good health. And we just want to say we appreciate good movie productions like pardon by grace that teach a good lesson that bring bring the message of your son and what he did for us and why he did this for us why you gave him up for us because it was to redeem us as long as we turned to the cross and turned over our lives over to you and we thank you for that we thank you for that victory before it even hits our reality we just pray that more and more people out there that are dealing with different addictions and different issues, pornography or drugs or alcoholism or gambling, or compulsive eating or insert vice here. We just pray that you can help mend these people and their hearts and their souls. And yes, like Nancy was saying, we also pray for special intentions, the hidden prayers that are hidden in people's hearts or maybe the bashful people who just don't know how to put into words what they want to say. Look into their hearts and 
we just ask that you you answer their prayers in the way that you do best. Father, I thank you for working in my life and working in my marriage and restoring what I almost lost and for rebuilding me from the inside out. I couldn't have done it without you, and I'm glad I decided to listen to you. What a wonderful blessing that you gave to me and a gift. And now because of you, we are more in love than we ever been before. And I give all the glory to you because none of that was my doing. That was all you. And I thank you for that. And I hope other people who are dealing with similar issues can taste what that freedom sounds like. They can taste what that freedom, you know, feels like. So father, with that, we just want to say, continuously be there to guide our words, to guide our actions, and to guide our thoughts, everything in between. And may we always walk in unison to your plan, in parallel to your great plan, your divine creation. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Oscar was just saying after 2016, there has been a multitude of arrests here in America and actually worldwide for that matter because of the executive orders uh, that Donald President Donald John Trump signed. One of them that comes to mind, which we talked about yesterday, was Executive Order 18, uh, excuse me, 13818. Look into that one. Executive Order 13818. These scumbags are going down. The human traffickers, and hopefully when these human traffickers go down, the pornography sites go down. The the drug cartels go down and go away. And I don't want to overlook a comment Destry made. It's a little bit further up, but back to, again, how we are such a corrupt nation. He did say, and I like what he said, because, again, we never want to end a, a broadcast on a negative note. He says, we are also a nation capable of correcting problems unlike many around the world. And back to what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, it all starts with the people in General Assembly. You might not think the Assembly can do this, but I'm going to tell you, it's the beginning point. Because when we root out corruption, we root out all these institutions that support this garbage child trafficking, pornography, drug running, weapons running, all that stuff. It goes away, damn near practically almost all. I don't know how quite possible it is to get rid of it all, but you know what? I'm not going to question that because all things are you know possible through God. So I'm not going to worry about the logistics of it. I just am just going to completely put all my faith in Christ and God that, that they got this. So one other thing I want to say before I uh, play this, uh, before I play the uh, outgoing music here, because like I said, it's, it's, we got a busy evening here and I need to close this out so I can get some food and pack my bags and get rocking and rolling. But also don't forget, I did post a picture. Um, I tried posting a very strategic picture uh, to where my daughter's face wasn't really completely showing, but uh, I got a nice little silhouette of her on a horse uh, in the horse barn because today was her first day of riding lessons. And boy, she was just on cloud nine today. It was really awesome. But um, what was I going to say? 
for some reason, now tell me this, guys, now that I have a little bit of a, a live audience here, uh, who was it? I think it was Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. I think she was the first one that that um, rolled in on the chat. Is it just me or does it seem like there is a different feel in the air? Like what I mean is it it feels it feels strange, but comforting at the same time. Like there's there like all day today. It feels I don't know what it is because yesterday I didn't feel it today. Randomly, it just there's a certain feeling in the air like everything is going to be all right. Like everything is going to be just fine. Like it's it's a very strange, but it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? And Nancy was saying up earlier in the very, very beginning part of the chat, she was saying, yeah, it does. And I love it. I think she here. It says, yeah, she says, yes, I love it. And yes, I feel it, too. There's something in the air and it feels good, feels great. Maybe it's God starting to put and maybe dip his finger into this nation. I don't know. But what I do know is it's a wonderful feeling. And I hope he stirs this whole nation up with his divine hand because we need it i think without a doubt the holy spirit is working throughout the country more and more people are getting touched by god and by the holy spirit and they're 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 listening to his call and they're getting prompted into action and i think we are about to see the biggest comeback the biggest revival and the biggest most absolute amazing miraculous thing that this country will have ever seen since its inception i think probably perhaps even i dare i say the biggest thing this world has ever seen since the flood of noah i really think we are we're near there i don't know it's a feeling i i don't know i'm just saying it feels good and no i didn't win the lottery so it's not that but it feels good. There's something in the air. There's something good happening. So whatever it is, I hope it continues. And it will continue. I really believe it will continue. And remember, so tomorrow, uh, let's see, tomorrow's Friday. So I, I will not be on the air tomorrow, Friday, or Sunday. I'm, I'm taking this long weekend to spend solely with my family. But in the middle of this weekend, we have a face-to-face -face state meeting here in Michigan on Saturday. So that's part of it. Um, I'll be back on the air on Monday. And then, uh, yeah. So, um, but there's that. So I hope you all have a wonderful week and a great day. And just thank you all for being here and please share the show. Okay. That's if there's any contribution that you can personally do for me for this show, it's not money. It's not, it's not donations. I mean, I'm not going to turn it away, but the biggest thing I would actually rather have that I ask all of you to do share this podcast, please share it to with friends family frenemies co-workers if there's a particular episode you think might resonate with somebody you know share that particular episode but we need to grow this community we need to grow this ministry and um, we just need to keep growing so we can continuously put the good news out there and the education of what the national assembly is so we can continuously work on this republic and restoring it one last little thing before I close this out. We will be having Bill Hermanson back on the air again, I believe, August. Let me see here. Let me get my calendar real quick. August. Oh, hold on. Come on, calendar. August 1st. We will be having Bill Hermanson from the Missouri General General Assembly back on August 1st. 
That would be 7 p.m., so normal start time. It's a Tuesday, so 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. He's going to go over the Titanic Olympic, and we're going to discuss that. So that's going to be about 40 minutes. And eventually, when he gets done with his research and putting uh, all his research together, he's going to be talking about the Wizard of Oz and how, you know, all the symbolism behind the Wizard of Oz and how it ties into what we're seeing within our own government today. And, you know, with the, you know, uh, with the, how it ties in with the Federal Reserve and gold and silver. And I don't know everything. I know a little bit about a little bit, but not enough to really relay it properly and articulate myself properly. But I cannot wait till Bill gets this done because I am just, that's going to be out, um, amazing. It's going to be outstanding. And uh, it's probably going to break my wife's heart because she is a Wizard of Oz movie fanatic. Between that and the movie Grease, those are like her two top number two favorites. And um, if dare I say all the um, James Bond movies. So those are like her favorite movies. <laughs> so anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all have a good weekend. Be good, be safe, and we'll see you back here. Monday evening. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. We are firm. We are steadfast. And we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times. And it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We got to do this for God. We got to do this for our families. We got to do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Get to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go
for joining us here at His Heartline. We'll see you back here next time.